Handle on the News. Handle on the News! Five hours of Handle is more than enough. He needs to be gone. Get rid of him. And now, here's Bill Handel. And uh, this is uh, KFI Tuesday already, May 8th. Oh, lots to cover. First of all, a quick hello to uh, the crowd. Jennifer Jones Lee. Hi, Handel. Morning. And uh, there's Wayne Resnick. Morning. And uh, there's Alex. Good morning, and John Ramirez is now uh, married. John Ramirez, she is having just come back. Uh, Congratulations, from young man! Las Vegas civil ceremony, uh, and later on you're going to get uh, married in front of friends and family and religiously, correct? Yes. Which happens very, very often. A lot of it has to do when uh, I, he when I I told him you have to have a civil ceremony because the religious one doesn't count. What? It's just not legally binding. Uh, John, I, I, is it the other way around though? Do you do you consider yourself married in the eyes of God yet? No. Got it. Really? Just in the eyes of uh, Jerry Brown. Right. Does God wear a green uniform with a Stetson? <laughs> You're married in the eyes of an Elvis impersonator, though. Kind oh, of. John, you did not have an Elvis no, impersonator. No, no, but, but explain what happened. This what? was hilarious. It was a civil uh, marriage, right? So you go to the courthouse, and you didn't have an Elvis impersonator. You went in front of the clerk of the court, like most people do. And what what happened as you were walking up outside? We had a Elvis impersonator. I was like, "Hey, how's it going? Uh, wanted me to do your wedding?" And uh, literally, I was like, uh, "No, I'm good." And then there was like two <laughs> others that were just like, "Hey, you want to get your wedding done? We have a wedding over here." It was, a, it was like I was getting panhandled for my own <laughs> by Elvis impersonators outside fantastic? the courthouse. Is that yes. fantastic? Oh my gosh! Yes, I love that like story. Chapels, I wish know. you had videoed that. No, I we, wish we to God you had videoed the impersonators, who obviously are clergy people, uh, which is very easy to get. I am a clergyman, have been for many, many years, Universal Life Church. I have officiated at several weddings. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Because California used to be 25 bucks when I did it. Universal Life Church, you know why you can do it? Because the, the law has never defined what a clergyman is. They can't. We just simply have freedom of religion. So you can say I'm a clergyman. I have a church, and this and and there's no law that can stop that. The only thing that they will not let you do, okay? You can be a cardinal. You can be. I'm a right reverend, by the way. I'm the right reverend Bill Handel. Uh, you can be a rabbi. Uh, you can be a pastor. They won't let you be the pope. Oh, but that's, they but draw that's, the line. But that's that's their line. Anything <laughs> short of the pope, you're fine. You can't be the pope. Right. But you could be a pope. I don't think you're allowed to be a pope. Couldn't you start your own religion? And uh, in oh, that yeah, religion, there's could. a pope and you're Certainly. the pope. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Uh, you can call yourself whatever you want. But I'm according to uh, the Universal Life Church, which is by far the biggest male order religion on the planet. Uh, it's uh, matter of fact, can you uh, look at the rules of. Uh, oh, and see how much it is today. Yeah, and, and what you can. What inflation and, and what has done. if you still can't be the Who pope. Who cares? You know what? If you have a license. From from the government, and you have the witnesses. Who cares who the person is officiating it? It's important for some people. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't mean to people to whom it's important. I mean to society. Who yeah. cares? Who cares if well. you want to get married with uh, an Elvis impersonator or just your friend? And it, right? I'll tell you, people who care, religious people who care. John, for example, who does not believe in his heart that he was married before God. Because it has to be religious, because John is a, a fanatic religious fruitcake. Catholic. 
Uh, that's the well. That's inter. That's interchangeable. Okay. Scott refused. All he right. Made, he made sure we had a pastor. Okay. See, there it's you go. Big deal yeah. for him. I don't By mean the way, for me, people. I don't mean for the people who want it. I mean, no, like I if, if if society if, in general. If you get, get married it. with a clown I officiating, why great, should I care? Yeah. By the way, uh, me calling Catholics fanatic, uh, fanatic fruit cakes, religious fruit cakes. That was simply for the pre- uh, for the purpose of evoking emails. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's all that was. I want to put that on the record, just in case. Okay, you guys ready to do it? Let's do some news. Let's do it. All right, lead story. Another one. Okay, this time it's New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman uh, resigned following a report on allegations of assault by multiple women, multiple being two in this case, who argue that it started as consensual sex, uh, but then it went into non-consensual very quickly. Uh, effectively, it moved into a direction where it became non-consensual. I don't, know, I don't know if the word rape is being used. I don't no, think it I is. think it's more that he would hit and choke them. Yes. And spit on them. And say things like, I'll, I'm the attorney general, I'll tap your phone. Uh, that wow. is. Now, I'm the attorney general, I'll tap your phone. I guess that's coercion. It's not physical assault. It's not good. And we. it's not good enough that he is not fighting this. He is not trying to draw it he's out. Just, he he just resigned instantly, immediately, right. and he's not saying it's false. All he's saying is, well, they're unrelated right. to, to my, my profession. Yeah, they're unrelated to my job, but I'm out of here anyway. Yeah, because it's today uh, the allegations are, I have to tell you, this. I think, the, I think where the line is being drawn is an allegation that happened years ago is questionable. Uh, saying, okay, and if there's no history of any other allegation, then you can argue a uh, a disgruntled employee, someone who has not been happy. You can throw anything in into the mix, much like Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw is why, walking away clean, as he should. Why? One allegation, as against to everybody saying, all the other women who worked for him, there's a great guy, he would never do that, he's been a gentleman, just yada, 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 yada. So he gets away with it. I think when you hit two, uh, this the questioning starts, and then when you do a Harvey uh, uh, Weinstein. Uh, Weinstein or you do a Bill Cosby, once you hit 45 or 48, then it becomes a little problematic, doesn't it? Also, uh, Eric Schneiderman is prosecuting Harvey Weinstein. Or he, was, was on, he was the t- chief guy who was yeah. against Harvey Weinstein. And that, that's what makes him look like such a hypocrite. Oh, I understand God, yeah. that. I mean, I, now, did Harvey Weinstein actually get accused of physical abuse? Oh, yeah. Was oh, yeah. that one of the allegations oh, as well? Oh, yeah. And I, well, I know one of the Schneiderman allegations, too, is that he told the women that if they broke up with him, he'd kill them. That's a problem. That's, mm. Yeah, that's an issue. Yeah. And there was one woman that he dated who was from, uh, she was Harvard educated. She was from Sri Lanka. She claims that he kept pushing her to have a threesome and that she was, it was up to her to go out and get the, the second woman for this threesome. And that he made her call him master, and he called her his brown slave, and oh. that he would slap her, and that the slapping would get worse and worse and worse, like, as she didn't get this second woman into their threesome, like, every time they got together, it would get worse and worse and worse. Then he started choking her and spitting on her. You know what? I love how dudes just don't want to do chores around I the know, house. they really don't. I want and a threesome. You go uh, find someone. And, and, and I go home to Marjorie and say, that's it. I'm done calling you mistress. <laughs> we are finished with that right now. No, you're not. No, you're right. I'm not. Who am I kidding? Okay, uh, we'll continue on with nine plus shipping and handling. Please use the promo code HANDLE 
Fresh cut flowers, guaranteed delivery, unique vases, accessories that mom will love as part of all this. Pro Flowers has everything you need to get Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms in your life. You choose the delivery date you want, and it's guaranteed. You can even get the flowers delivered on Mother's Day, and it's this Sunday. So send her 100 colorful blooms with a free glass vase for just $19.99 plus shipping and handling. This offer ends May 12th. Visit proflowers.com. Click on the blue microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use the promo code HANDLE. That's proflowers.com. Promo code HANDLE. Introducing the Chase Pay app. It's a simple way to pay that's now available at Shell. Plus, you can add your Fuel Rewards account once to save on every fill-up. Use the Chase Pay app at Shell today. Available for select mobile devices. Chase credit cards issued by Chase Bank USA. Any deposit products provided by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. Any member FDIC. Southland weather from the Barnes Firm Weather Center. Partly cloudy today with highs just from the upper 60s to the upper 80s. This report is brought to you by the Chase Pay app. Traffic from the helpful SoCal Honda Traffic Center back to the 91. Yeah, this time on uh, the uh, westbound 91 in Anaheim. West 91, just before you get to the 55, two left lanes are blocked here with a broken down car. A little bit of slowing behind it, so it's not going to build up too quickly here. Hopefully, they'll be able to get that out of your way. KFI in the Sky is brought to you by injury attorney Mary Ann Parman. Jeff Boss, some trouble on the 101. Well, it sure is. It's on the southbound side now, uh, almost directly under that uh, brand new, uh, well, sort of brand new Ventura Boulevard overpass that goes to uh, Universal and Lancashire. Uh, now, it looks like a motor officer. It's in the second lane from the left. It's stall car, we think. A motor officer pulled up, and now that looks might be an LAPD officer that's helping out here. Bottom line, listen to this now. Southbound 170 is jammed from Burbank almost instantly. And East 101, the East Ventura to the South 101, South Hollywood, uh, that's getting jammed up. Uh, right now, if you're leaving Studio City, use Ventura Boulevard over and get on around Barham. You'll get past the whole thing. Northbound side, it's looking pretty good. Injured in an accident? Visit superwomansuperlawyer.com. Jeff Baugh, KFI in the Sky. Traffic's brought to you by the Monarch Beach Resort in Dana Point. KFI in the Sky helps get you there faster. I'm Robin Banks. Monarch Beach Resort has a vibe all its own. It's pure luxury that's ever so chill. In other words, it's chill lux. Enjoy the Discover Monarch Beach package and receive a free $100 resort credit, free breakfast, and free valet parking. Visit monarchbeachresort.com. That's monarchbeachresort.com. The senseless random killing of 32-year-old Kate Steinle by an illegal alien convict is chilling testimony to how Gavin Newsom's sanctuary city values differ from the rest of us. I'm John Cox, father of four daughters and Republican candidate for governor. Incredibly, San Francisco refused to turn over to immigration authorities a criminal alien with seven prior felony convictions. Instead, they put him back on the streets where he claims he just found a gun, fired at random, and killed a young woman walking with her dad. The shooter said it was an accident, so, of course, a San Francisco jury voted to acquit him. Like I said, different values. As governor, I promise you that on my first day in office, I will act to repeal Jerry Brown and Gavin Newsom's sanctuary state and restore the rule of law. If you're ready to take California back, Join me at johncoxforgovernor.com. I'm John Cox, Republican for Governor. Paid for by John Cox for Governor 2018. Car care with a higher level of care. I had a blowout, but Adam and Joe went out of the way to get me back on the road. They saved the day. Signed, Christina R. At Mountain View Tire and Auto Service, our family cares for your family's cars. Mountainviewtire.com. A cure for hepatitis C. Breakthroughs in HIV treatment, multiple sclerosis, and diabetes. Millions of lives saved and improved by science. Yet still science is often not a straight line to success. 
So here's to the path to progress. Traveled by 140,000 researchers with America's biopharmaceutical companies. Here's to the long road, to the twists and turns that try men's and women's souls. Here's to frustration and fatigue and dead ends. Here's to permission to fail so that success can follow. And here's to brave patients, 125,000 here in California, enrolled in clinical trials to help find new breakthroughs, one of which might save their life, and perhaps one day, yours. Welcome to the future of medicine for all of us, where together we go boldly. A message from America's biopharmaceutical companies. Visit GoBoldly.com. A stroke is an emergency. Memorial Care Long Beach Medical Center wants to help you recognize the signs of a stroke with the acronym BFAST. B, balance lost. E, eyes blur. F, facial droop. A, arm weakness. S, slurred speech. T, time. If you or a loved one experience these signs, call 911 immediately. When you're hiring, you don't want to sort through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using our intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. It's live music. It's awesome family time with a laser light show. And it's free. You're invited to the Franklin Graham Decision America California Tour. Go to DecisionCalifornia.com to find dates and locations. Live music from Jeremy Camp. And a powerful message of hope from Franklin Graham. You say, Franklin, is there really hope for me? Absolutely. More details at DecisionCalifornia.com. That's DecisionCalifornia.com. If you've been injured in an accident, choosing the right attorney is critical. Choose a law firm with the experience and success that will help you get the best possible result. Injured? Call the Barnes Firm now. 800-8-MILLION. The attorneys at the Barnes Firm are ready to help 24-7. If you've been injured, call the Barnes Firm now. Injury attorneys, call 1-800-8-MILLION. Street, Los Angeles, paid spokesperson, attorney John Sheehan, responsible for this ad. John and Ken. We're not all like all those other radio fools who are desperate for attention. Weekdays, 2 to 6 on KFI. Baby, when they look up at the sky, we'll be shooting stars just passing by. KFI handle here on a Tuesday. And uh, some of the uh, big stories we're covering uh, is uh, Jeff Sessions is prosecuting border crossers. I'll share more of that with you uh, a little bit later on. All right, back we go. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Now you're going to have more on this with Brian Suits at 8 o'clock this morning, but the president is expected to announce his decision on the Iran nuclear deal in just a few hours. Lots of speculation. I'm guessing he bails out. I think so, too. And that's going to just blow up our allies. And and it... Unless he's... Look, I I can't figure out how clever he is about manipulating things. What if he comes out and he goes, okay, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of rhetoric, but we've looked at everything. I've listened to some very smart people, and, and they tell me it's a good idea to recertify this at least one more time. And start negotiating And start a new really base. hammering them or whatever, right. but that we're not be... going to pull the rug out yet. And I don't know what he's going to do, but if he does that, doesn't that... Pull the rug out from under people yeah. who are ready to jump on him. Yeah, you know, NAFTA is not over. 
we're still under the rules of NAFTA. Mm-hmm. Just that, so that's that's gone. We're still under every rule of Obamacare, except the uh, mandate part of it, where you get fined if you don't buy the insurance. They did get rid of that. Okay, there was. I don't remember. I can you look that up? I don't remember. I thought every rule was in there. I think they made. Uh, well, you just don't enrollment. have to pay the penalty. You, don't have to, yeah. you just don't have to pay the penalty. Yeah, we talked oh, you, to our tax So your, pen, yeah. your penalty is simply you don't have insurance. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And also, I know they uh, they they lowered uh, or they uh, what they did is uh, bring down the amount of time for enrollment. Made it a uh, that they uh, they brought down. So just making it more difficult. But it's but not, it's ninety nine percent in place. Right, and people are and it's growing. And Obamacare uh, enrollees are growing dramatically. Well, uh, also growing the destruction from Mount uh, Kilauea. Thirty-five structures now destroyed, including at least twenty-six homes. Two new fissures opened up yesterday, mm. spit out a bunch of lava and sulfur dioxide gas. Yeah, very dangerous. But and you, there was video of interviews being done with people that are in the neighborhood that have lost their homes twice now, once 10 years ago. And here's my question. Why do you build on top of the Kilauea volcano or to the point where fissures are going to come up and there's a good chance? Uh, why? Let's say flood zones. People have been flooded out 15 times when the Mississippi, for example, is overrun or a major creek, the Missouri River or whatever happens, uh, these little creeks. And it's just over and over again. This is a dumb question, but is there such a thing as volcano insurance? I'd be surprised if there is, but you never know. I bet you there is. Something weird like that? I'll bet you there is volcano insurance. Okay, Jen, you go while he looks this up. All right. Well, Jeff Sessions says, if you cross the border, you are going to be prosecuted. You stay classy, San Diego. That was there yesterday. Man, he was tough. Yeah. And he said, that's it. And if if you have a governmental policy that says we do not want illegal aliens coming into this country... It, it does it make sense to make it as difficult as possible. You have to, yeah. Uh, uphold, if you're the attorney general and this is the law, you gotta uphold the law. Yeah, and uh, and it's a question of philosophy. Here's what happens in California or other uh, jurisdictions that like illegal aliens. We, it, it's always we believe in border control. We believe in our secure borders, but let's let them through. Let's give them benefits. Let's give them medical, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, let's not separate any families. Let's make it as easy as possible. But we believe in border security. What Trump is saying is, hey, and Jeff Sessions, it is the law. We want to keep out illegal aliens. We're not shooting anybody. What we're doing is saying, read the law. And you know what the bottom line is? That if you're illegal, you're not coming into this country. That's it. You don't have a visa, which is impossible to get. For Central Americans, uh, particularly Mexicans, uh, various other places, South Americans, very difficult to get. You know what? This, the United States is closed off to you. Go to some place that really likes you. Go to Switzerland, which hasn't let anybody in for 100 years. Uh, or go to Kuwait and argue you should be a citizen. Right? Countries that have been shut off to, a, uh, to immigrants coming in since their inception. And so I have to tell you, I, I don't have a problem with this. I don't. Uh, either you are or you're not. Okay. Let's and they, they can still, or maybe you cover this while I was looking at volcano insurance. They, they, they can still... 
pursue their asylum claim. Right. But they're making and it more they'll be prosecuted. But they're as making well. it more difficult. They're separating kids and mm-hmm. uh, families, which they're allowed to do under the law. And effectively, they're making it as difficult as possible legally. What am I missing here? This is a matter of just how those in power exercise their it, discretion. Pr- yes. It's so the exactly. Obama administration had a more relaxed attitude towards certain, towards certain exactly. things. Although they also did deport a lot of people lot under of the people, Obama administration. But mainly criminals. But this felons, is what happens when you multiple, change. But not families. Right. They didn't break apart families. Right. And uh, people coming over illegally under these circumstances were very low on the deportation priority list. Uh, speaking of we'll come back and do that. Break? Yeah, Alex? this is All right. case in point. I'm going to prove my case or argue my case with, with this next story. But first, KFI Handle here. Welcome back. Handle on the news. Hey, just to give you the answer, because we had asked about volcano insurance in Hawaii at Kilauea. And that is, uh, they don't specifically sell volcano insurance. It's included, but you have to have a comprehensive policy, which is pretty expensive. And as Wayne and I were pointing out, uh, every area of the country has its own Michigas. We, for example, have uh, earthquake insurance, but it costs a fortune. If you're in a flood zone, you pay a lot more money. If you're in a fire zone, you pay a lot more money. So the assumption is you just pay a lot more money if uh, it includes volcano. Uh, as a pl- we don't even know if there's an exclusion of volcanoes, are there? I think it's either comprehensive or not. Anyway, uh, you've got some news that's just uh, breaking now. Yeah, so this happened just before 5 o'clock this morning. We were actually sitting in the office, and Alex looked at me and goes, did you hear that? And then all of a sudden, my, stair- my chair started shaking, and I go, oh, you mean the earthquake we just had? So this was a 4.5. It happened about 10 minutes to 5 this morning, and it was centered not too far from Cabazon, um, and they're saying that, but it was felt all the way here in Burbank, we had people from Ukaipa, Chatsworth, calling and saying that it woke them up this morning. Are the outlet but stores okay? The, the from what I understand, the outlet I never stores, and, the, and those dinosaurs are, okay. are those dinosaurs outside that yeah. diner okay? A little shook up, but they're okay. Yeah, and I I, I rarely feel the. Well, I was in the car, so you're not going to feel. You it. didn't feel it, no, because right? you have suspension in the car. Yeah, that, there's no question. All right, you have a quick announcement. Oh yes, donate now to help the American Red Cross initiative to get prepared, California. And you and a guest can mix and mingle with the KFI crew for an exclusive evening at the OUE Sky Space, downtown Los Angeles. Cocktails, appetizers, meet the KFI team, a live Q&A session, photo opportunities. You have to be 21 years or older to attend this event. There's limited tickets. For details, log on to KFIAM640.com, search the keyword mixer. Okay, now back we go. More handle on the news. So as Jeff Sessions is talking about, uh, we're going to prosecute every single body that comes across the border illegally. California lawmakers want a billion dollars, some of it to give health care to illegal aliens. Or if it makes you feel better, undocumented immigrants. It's the same issue, though. All right, so here is the philosophy, as I said. The federal government is upholding federal law saying we're going to make it difficult for illegal aliens to come here. California is going the other way. Anything we can make it easier for illegal aliens to get over here, just get over and cross the border. Now, California does not control the border. Can you imagine if California controlled the border between the U.S. and Mexico? Uh, (laughs) It would be uh, the lines. There would would be no border. Yeah, it'd be like Black Friday right in front of a Walmart. 
Uh, the lines will just go out and out and people just rush it because there's no border. That's California. And it's they just, would just have reception desks. Yeah. And as you come across, they go, welcome to California. Here's your Medi-Cal card. Here's your recreational <laughs> marijuana. Here's your passport. <laughs> Like signing in at a hotel. Yeah. Anyway, so they want to expand Medi-Cal to uh, undocumented adult immigrants. They want a billion dollars total. A quarter of that would go for the undocumented immigrants, but that only covers 10% of the low-income right. undocumented immigrants that could be covered. So but it's only f- a matter of time until they want $2.5 billion to cover everyone. And that's because of the fear still that people are going to be deported. But that's the fear the federal government is going to de- be deported. Because California, of course, uh, with sanctuary states and the sanctuary cities and uh, in-house tuition, in-state tuition for illegal aliens at universities. I mean, on and on and on and on. And it is, um, I, I mean, there may be a compromise here. If someone has been here X number of years, Dreamers, for example, uh, I would argue you have to look at whether they're entitled to or not to these benefits. But California is across the board. Just make it over here. All we want you to do is cross that border and you effectively become a citizen. And if they could, they would help people to cross that border. There'd be the Underground Railroad. That's where the bullet train should go. <laughs> That's what we should spend $65 billion on. Okay, let's just move on. Well, it looks like we could have some new rules for eyewitness IDs when it comes to court. I got no rules, I count them. And this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this came from this case of Ennis Reed, who was convicted of killing two people in Compton back in, uh, I think, 1992. Um, but he... Apparently, according to Reed, actually challenged some eyewitness testimony in the case because in one of the cases or one of the witnesses said that Reed was the only bald person in a six photo array and the only person to appear in both the photos and the in-person lineup. See, I would think that'd be enough right there. And also, do we we know if the person running the lineup, the law enforcement person running the lineup, knew who the suspect was in the the lineup? Probably because that's another Normally, part of their right? ruling. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, and eyeball witnesses to begin with are it's it's inaccurate. It really is. It's so subjective. You can have five witnesses at the same crime and they will see five different things. And so there should be some very serious corroboration. I don't trust eyeball witnesses. That's the last of it. The only scientific evidence you can. Uh, uh, you can go ahead and uh, use, I think, with with a lot more validity. Every time you hear circumstantial evidence, uh, not eyewitness evidence, you know what? There's three kinds of uh, there's three kinds of evidence: circumstantial evidence, sort of you were there at the same place, someone that looked like you, eyeball witnesses, which I think is the worst of all, and uh, scientific evidence, which is by far the strongest: DNA, fingerprints, uh, that those things. Well. There used to be a little tactic that defense attorneys representing school districts would use when there was a molestation case. And the tactic was the child wanted it. The child consented. Well, that became so distasteful that legislators in Sacramento closed that loophole. So uh, if you're on trial for molesting a kid or if you're on trial as a school official who was involved, they can't do that. However, lawyers are trying to sneak it in now in civil cases in the damages phase. What the hell is going on? 
You can't use it as a defense to the allegation, but they're trying to get it in when you're talking, Dan, how much is it worth? Oh, it's not worth as much. Because the child was into All right. it. So let me give you, let me throw something at you because uh, the law always has vagaries in it, even though sometimes the law is absolute. Okay. So let's talk about an absolute. A child is a child at 17 years, 11 months, and 29 days. That becomes a felony child molestation, even if that person looks like he or she is 22. So they come up with um, fraudulent. Uh, fraudulent ID, which has happened. Uh, you know what? Where do you go? Is there discretion? Should a judge look at the totality and say, come on, this is not the same as, or is the judge limited saying, hey, one day under 18, it doesn't matter. And it's your duty. And I don't know the rules on that, uh, but there has to be in the statutes. There has to be designed something. So uh, you're okay with the defense attorneys once it gets to the damages phase saying, hey, now we now we should be able to look no. at whether I'm the okay. uh, I'm okay. youngster I'm okay consented or not. I'm okay. I'm okay with it from day one, depending on the circumstance, oh, wow. depending on how old uh, she appears to be. It's usually a she. How old she appears to be. Was there lying? Was there fraud uh, in the inducement? So there are, and by the way, I am not arguing. In certain cases, it's absolute. Let's say under 16, under 14, whichever we have to look at it, it doesn't matter. It's simply, it's just too bad. But when you, and I don't know where they're looking at that cutoff period. If there is, if they are looking at a cutoff period, let's take a break. We'll come back and finish all And uh, the morning crew here. It is a uh, Tuesday, May 8th. And uh, let's finish up handle on the news with Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And the moral of this next story is please don't try and steal Paris Hilton's identity. Because you might get, oh, I don't know, almost five years in prison. Yeah, because is, you hacked Paris Hilton's bank yeah, account or iCloud account, you tried to steal one hundred thirty thousand dollars from her. Yeah, this is pretty egregious. I yeah, mean, this is hacking on a on a big level. Why would you do it uh, with someone this high profile to begin with? Wouldn't you want to just find someone who's rich and hack their account as opposed to someone that everybody knows? So I don't quite understand this. But anyway, um, she is a, a paid star. Oh, just the name alone. Is so Chadzian? Yeah. Possibly? It's so suspect. No. Okay. It's just hard to pronounce. Yeah, well, good for you. All right. Uh, I'm glad you pronounced it, Wayne. Yes. Thank you. So uh some women were checking out of their Airbnb, taking their luggage to the car. The next thing they know, they're surrounded by the Rialto PD. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. <laughs> And that's because uh, the uh, elderly white woman across the street saw four women, three of them black, dragging luggage to a car and assumed that it must be a burglary. Right. Uh, did she even know it was an Airbnb, the woman? No, no, no. So and it, it was an unlicensed Airbnb, all right, so, which doesn't help. All right. So you see people dragging out, one white, three blacks, dragging briefcase or bragging, dragging luggage. suitcases, luggage. And you know what? I think it's legitimate for her to call the police. I do. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and, and it's legitimate for the police to show up. Now, the police say it was a 22-minute encounter. 
Uh, although the women showed the receipts and showed yeah, uh, the they, payment. Yeah, and they had to find the, the owner and get him on the phone. Right. And, so, and they're saying it was 45 minutes, but in and of itself, that's racism because you've got three blacks, one white. Had it been two and two, would that be racism? What do you think? Well, I just, I mean, it's. Had just, it been one and three? I just uh, think what, the whole point of the woman, why did she call the cops? If I saw four people of any race coming out of a house, no matter what, and I but didn't they all know, had luggage. And I didn't know. I Let me tell you, who has four house guests? Well, I mean. Lots of people I do. I was going to say. At one time. Uh, I sure. And it was luggage. Look, if down. you see four people coming out of a house and one of them's carrying a television right, and it. one of them's carrying a little safe, I don't think there's maybe. Gonna, I don't think there's going to be any liability here at all. There may not, be a well, lawsuit. Not on, no, not on the police officers right. because they didn't even handcuff them at any right. point. But it just shows this see something, say something can go too far. Mm, now, here's one that. This one could be a little lawsuit, and in fact, it is. A Muslim woman is suing the Ventura County Sheriff's Department because she says deputies made her remove her religious headscarf. So even if you hate it, I still wrap my Yep. She's obviously a Muslim, and uh, she says that uh, the officer who, uh, when she was detained, they said no, uh, no headscarf. Now, yep. I can see that for the mugshot. That's legitimate. But after that, the headscarf goes on, and uh, she is claiming... That uh, they, and they and they dropped the charges. I understand, and uh, she ended up uh, having to deal without her uh, headscarf, and that is illegal, incidentally, under federal law. And well, and the cop they is, really should have known in that sheriff's yeah. department. You cannot do this. Well, yeah. and here's to what apparently she claims that the deputy told her after he wouldn't let her wear the hijab that he to- she said, "But I'm Muslim and I can't be around men without it on." And he said, "Not in here. You're not right." Mazeltov. Hey, uh, this is weird because on Friday, uh, Eric Garcetti said there would be complete transparency about who the three finalists are for to replace Charlie Beck at the LAPD. And now he says he won't name who they are. Right. You ever remember make, uh, make a deal? Monty Hall, oh, take- <laughs> who's behind the curtain? Do you take, the, you take curtain number one, curtain number two? And didn't on Friday, didn't he just say, I'm going to be as transparent with this process yes. as and I don't know, be? And I don't know what the deal, because even the people from the police commission who know damn well who the finalists are, they won't say who they are either. We know the five that were interviewed, but we don't know the three names right. that were passed oh, along to we Garcetti. Do know, we do know they are all uh, senior members of LAPD. Except for uh, one guy's the San Francisco police chief, right. but he did time at LAPD before that. All right, guys, uh, we are done Coming up, uh, the uh, Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, vows to prosecute border crossers. Uh, There is no doubt as to which way this administration is going. And we'll talk about the A's and the nays of that coming up. KFI AM 640. KFI handle here on a Tuesday, May the 8th. Uh, the big stories that we're carrying that are trending is 11 o'clock this morning. Here's the big one. The president's going to announce whether uh, we are going to maintain the Iran deal or let it elapse. And then New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman has resigned amid reports of multiple allegations of sexual abuse and harassment. Two women have uh, come forward. And he just quit. I mean, right there. All right. Now, uh, yesterday at the border, uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions announced 
that the Justice Department is going to begin prosecuting every single person who illegally crosses in the United States. And that's along the southwest border. And this is a hardline policy. And it goes about as hardline as you can get. Because not only is he loading up immigration judges, who really aren't judges, by the way. They're really employees of the Department of Justice. We talked about that. It's not a question of independent judges here, immigration judges. It's uh, not only are they going to increase the number of judges, I think by 35 or whatever, uh, to reduce the time when these hearings will take place, especially asylum hearings. Also, they're separating kids from their parents. Because what ends up happening in the case of asylum, for example, someone comes, and this is the big story because of that caravan that came up. All of the people that tried to enter the United States, I think 150 of them, uh, that were granted asylum hearings, uh, for the most part, went into detention. If there were families, they were separated. It can take as long as two years. Families stay in detention. And then in the vast, vast majority of cases, asylum is denied and back they go. So it's already getting harder and harder. And it's simply a question of philosophy. The Trump administration wants illegal aliens not to come into this country. So now how you do it is something else. Most of us believe in border security. I mean, there's no question about that. Even those folks that are uh, adamant activists pro quote undocumented activists will not argue that we should have secure borders i mean there are a couple of fruitcakes out there that say there shouldn't be borders at all uh that we should just allow them to cross uh, across the border like we drive into arizona or nevada there's a sign you are entering nevada welcome or utah i mean that's it so we have of course uh the total ability to go from state to state Uh, where we don't have the total ability of going from border to border. And so other than those folks, we all believe in border security. It's how we approach it. Donald Trump thinks it's the wall. Well, you know, the wall is a political statement. Is the wall going to keep people out? Of course it is. But so is enhanced technology, and it's not going to cost 65 or 25 billion or whatever the hell it's going to cost. But it is part of what he got elected for. And he is moving forward on what he was elected on, wherever he can. I mean, one thing you have to give this guy is consistency in terms of what he says and what he tries to do. Now, in many cases, he has stymied repeal and replace Obamacare, for example. In many cases, there is tremendous pressure on him. And we'll see what happens to the Iran deal today. I think that's going to say a lot as to whether the president pulls out of uh, the Iran deal. But it's simply a question of philosophy. And even Sessions indicated he has no doubt that people illegally crossing the border are fleeing danger or fleeing despair. Yeah, they're nice people. They're not coming over here to commit criminal acts. They are coming over here for the opportunity to escape poverty in many cases. Uh, to escape violence. Except as Sessions indicated, we cannot take everyone on this planet who is in a difficult situation. And the activists say we can and we should. As 
Donald Trump wrongly says we are inundated, where the border crossings are going crazy. And they have gone up, incidentally. There's no question about it. They've gone up dramatically, the illegal crossings. Uh, they're not as in millions who have come over. This is not Ellis Island, where three million people a year would come into the United States. Senior immigration border officials uh, called for increased prosecutions last month. Filing criminal charges against migrants, including parents traveling with kids, would be the most effective way to tamp down illegal border crossings. I think it's sure going to help. Now, there are some people that it doesn't matter. They're going to take the risk. They are going to bring their children over with the knowledge they're going to be separated for those kids, with the knowledge that they're going to go in front of an immigration judge, with the knowledge that there's an excellent, if not a superb chance of the asylum uh, status not being granted, but it doesn't matter. They're willing to take the chance. But those people are fewer and far between. Now, in terms of the border crossings over the past decades, uh, we figure fewer than 10,000 cases in 1996. The peak was 90,000 who have come over illegally, although I think it's a hell of a lot higher than that. And the largest number of deportations happened under President Obama by a long shot. So there are two criminal charges involved in crossing the border. One more serious than the next. The most common one is improper entry by alien. That's just straight illegal entry. First-time offenders usually will face misdemeanor punishable by up to six months, which, of course, they're not going to get. They're simply going to be deported. Prison or fines, they're not going to get that either. They're going to simply be tossed. Repeat offenders can be in prison for up to two years and fined. And that there's a more serious offense of illegal re-entry. Now we're getting into pretty serious stuff. So the Trump administration is making it real clear. We are going to take the side of uh, a very serious criminal viewpoint, or at least a very serious attempt to stop illegal aliens from coming over. California at the forefront of we love illegal aliens. Matter of fact, there may even be a bill in the works that says the We Love Illegal Aliens Act. Where now uh, a bill is in, being introduced to, uh, well, uh, what's in-house or in-state tuition. Everything the state offers goes to illegal aliens too. It really is. It's uh, Might as well have a billboard. Please welcome. We welcome you with open arms. Could be the Statue of Liberty. Give me your wretched. You're poor. It's, you know, it's a different world. It really is. And do we have the right? Of course, we have the right to keep illegal aliens out. I mean, no one's going to argue that. Do we have a duty to keep them out? I say, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, coming up, uh, another subject on illegal immigrants and what's going on on the witness stand if you are illegal and uh, there's some issues there. And On a uh, Tuesday morning with the morning crew, here's your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. 
Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. If you're the winner, they're going to call you, but you have to answer the call like Angela in San Clemente. She won $1,000, and you have another chance to win $1,000 next hour. All right, back we go. Some of the top stories that we're covering this morning, the big one is 11 o'clock our time. President's going to announce, do we either stay or leave the Iran nuclear deal? I am assuming that that's going to be covered live on uh, Gary and Shannon. I can't uh, believe that it wouldn't. And there was an earthquake this morning about eight miles north of Cabazon, 4.5 magnitude, which I didn't feel. Uh, But then again, I was in the car and I have reasonable suspension. Matter of fact, every time I hit a pothole, it's at least a 4.8, 5.1 earthquake. So uh, that's... And there's no damage. I mean, that's not the big deal. All right. Now, here's the subject. And we've talked about this before. And that has to do with um, the fact that at least the the rhetoric coming out of Washington, if not the actual endeavors, uh, which tends to demonize illegal aliens and threatening mass deportations, because we always talk about deportations. As a matter of fact, that's what Jeff Sessions did yesterday on uh, the Mexico-U.S. border. The problem is to get illegal aliens to enter a courtroom as witnesses is more daunting than ever. And we've heard police chiefs and prosecutors say, you know, we need these people to come forward because if you don't have witnesses, it makes it really difficult to prosecute. And public safety is suffering. Let me give you an example. Last year, a San Francisco woman witnessed her daughter fall to domestic violence. She actually watched her daughter get beaten up. So she reports the assault to the police and the aggressor is arrested and is prosecuted. And the mother takes the stand to testify against this guy. Well, in 2017, the number of arrests or attempted arrests by ICE agents at courthouses increased uh, by 900%. And in California, here's why they're so afraid. In California, the state's top judge has criticized federal immigration agents for using the courthouses as bait and stalking immigrants who are witnesses who pose no risk to public safety. That's a quote from uh, the top judge. So let's go back to this woman in open court. Uh, she's questioned about her immigration status and whether or not she's testified to secure a visa reserved for victims and witnesses who assist law enforcement. There's a specific uh, visa. You can do that. So she testified, well, getting that visa was not the reason I'm coming forward. It's that my daughter got beaten up. And a judge ruled that evidence related to her immigration status was irrelevant, cannot be considered by the jury, but you can't unring a bell. And once you get it out, a couple things happen. Uh, Number one, you can't unring a bell. Number two, probably call for a mistrial, which isn't going to happen, but that helps the defendant. Now, in that case, the jury is unable to reach a verdict. The prosecutors attempted to retry the case. The mother declined to testify a second time because the daughter told her not to do it. And why? Well, she's afraid her immigration status had been raised in a public courtroom. Now, the way it normally works is there's a motion in front of the court outside of the jury saying, can we bring this up? Judge will say no, it's irrelevant, and it's left out of court. 
But being brought up in open court and the judge saying, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, disregard that last statement. It is irrelevant to this case. There's the bell. The bell has rung. Now, the judge can nail the attorney with sanctions, big sanctions, but that's all the judge can do. And in this case, the perpetrator got out. 2017 report by the Pew Research Center. 67% of Hispanic immigrants worry about deportation. 67% worry about some form of deportation. 70% prior to the 2016 election of illegal aliens. 44% of all Latinos less likely to contact law enforcement authorities because of the fear that they are on a deportation list. Which, in fact, illegal aliens are on a deportation list. If you overrun a visa, oh, there you go. You're on a list. Now, are the authorities going to go after you? Uh, I, I doubt it. They've got other much bigger fish to fry. But there's the risk. And you are up for deportation. And are you going to go forward with the authorities? Are you going to be a witness? Especially if you know that ICE knows that you're in the courtroom and they're waiting outside? That's the problem. That is the problem. And it's a big one. Incidentally, under uh, Senate Bill 785, attorneys are prohibited from asking a witness about his or her immigration status unless the attorney first seeks a ruling from the judge. And if the judge rules the immigration status is relevant, let's say a crime is being committed during the course of uh, e evading ICE, for example, because someone is illegal, then, you know what? Uh, that can't be raised in court. Interesting case. And well, we've known about this for a while. It's just getting it's getting to be just a bigger, bigger problem in light of what's happening with the way the Trump administration is viewing illegal immigration. All right, coming up next, uh, let's switch to sex. Okay? Uh, one of my favorite topics about sex is STDs. Not me, but you. STDs are on the rise, which usually is necessary to get an STD. Okay, you know, I think we're going to, right, right here, right now, uh, I think I'm going to move it uh, over to... One, two, three, four. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Stay on the scene. Handle here on a uh, Tuesday morning, May 8th. Uh, some of the top stories that we are covering today with a big one at 11 o'clock today. President's going to announce whether or not uh, the U.S. stays in the Iran nuclear deal. It'll be covered live, I'm sure, by Gary and Shannon. And uh, New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman has resigned, as in immediately, following a report on allegations. And I originally said it was two women that were alleging he uh, sexually assaulted them, starting with consensual sex and then quickly moving into non-consensual non assault. Uh, it is now four women that have, in fact, come forward. And this is the guy who is filing a civil suit against Harvey Weinstein, and, uh, yeah, I got to tell you. All right, now, uh, let's move over to STDs. Uh, STDs in L.A. County are skyrocketing. And officials are saying, well, racism may be a big part of this. And stigma is to blame. Now, stigma has sort of always been around, but the racism part, yeah, I don't know. Except if you look at the stats, way more many uh, African-Americans have STDs. 
followed by not as many Latinos, followed by far fewer than white people. Now, I am not going to get into the whys, because whenever we talk about disparities in education and crime and arrest and success in college and uh, good jobs, uh, there has been and maintains a huge uh, disparity uh, between the races. And that's a very, very complicated issue uh, that we can spend three full days without commercials uh, doing on this show and we wouldn't touch the surface. We wouldn't scratch the surface. But uh, I do want to go into a program uh, that's dealing with STDs, understanding that STDs are on the rise, especially in minority communities. And effectively, it is sex education not being in school. It's a program called Spring Into Love. Man, I, I could go so crazy with the titles and the descriptions here. I could go out of my mind. And uh, what it is are simply uh, venues where kids get together. Uh, in this case, uh, this is one in South Los Angeles. And they were about to get a hands-on lesson in sex education. I swear whoever wrote this had to be a lot of tongue-in-cheek here. And they're saying that uh, public health problems are best tackled outside the doctor's office. Not even in school. We're talking about doctor's offices. And you need specific programs after school or nonprofits. And in this program, uh, the girls would pass a plastic life-size penis around the circle. It's like musical chairs, except you end up with a penis in your hand. And then the point of it is... Whoever is stuck with the penis would then roll, unroll a condom onto it, competing the eight steps they had been taught a few minutes earlier. Had no idea that it took eight steps to unroll a penis cover condom. I thought it was two steps. Unwrap it, put it on. What am I missing here? Now, it's been a few years uh, since I've had the pleasure. I must admit, but I don't know. So it was an all-day event called Spring Into Love, intended to get these high schoolers more comfortable talking about sex. And an open dialogue will make them more likely to use condoms, go to STD uh, testing. And uh, it's, it's clear, according to uh, L.A. County health officials, traditional ways of presenting, uh, preventing disease. And that is seeing a doctor regularly to get treated, school, it simply has not been working. So there is a new Center for Health Equity uh, that's been formed by the county to evaluate the way that certain health issues, public health issues, are intertwined with social factors such as income and education. And they have not yet studied the stats because it's too new, but they know that it is a fact that I gave you earlier about minorities and STDs and stigmas within the community. They just haven't looked at it long enough with enough numbers to uh, figure out exactly what the issue is because you know why? You have to have science here. Anecdotal stories do not cut it when you're dealing with studies. And the officials are saying that silence around sex plays a big role in young people's high rates of, uh, of STDs. Why? You know, how many people walk into an STD clinic and say, I want to be tested? 
In L.A. County, half of all chlamydia cases, a third of all gonorrhea cases are among people between the ages of 15 and 24. That's astronomical. And so what the county is saying, that the idea health predominantly happens outside the healthcare setting is something you have to deal with. It's where we live. It's where we work. It's where we play. It's where we pray. Really? Where we pray? How many people stoop in church? There's pew number 52. It's been reserved. Gay and bisexual men make up the vast majority of new syphilis cases. So that's coming back. And when I gave you the rates, I'm going to finish up with this. Syphilis rates. This is L.A. County, where the county, the health uh, department pays a lot of attention to this. Syphilis rates among African-American women are six times higher than white women. Three times higher than Latina women. And is it because of systematic racism? Again, uh, is it because of housing or education policies? They have put together people with HIV have lower levels of literacy. We're less likely to follow treatment. Poor Americans were more likely to engage in risky sexual behavior, including the risk of STDs. And we know that minority populations uh, have less money, are less educated. Are they, com- are they figuring out that they're, t- uh, they're connected? Again, studies have to be done. And remember, Pew 52, always available, except I think you do have to make reservations. Coming up, Social Security offices are closing down. And at first glance, oh, this is horrible, this is terrible. Well, let's find out why. Right here, KFI AM 640, and uh, there's Jennifer Jones-Lee who's shaking her head. Because I can't believe that I have this story to follow what you were just saying. Excellent. A a former Roman Catholic priest has been sentenced in Minnesota to 10 years probation in a sex abuse case because prosecutors say he had illegal sexual contact with a woman during private mass. Pew 52. You can't make it up. Hey, a pie handle here. And good morning on a Tuesday, a big news day. Trending stories, a big one this morning at 11 o'clock. Uh, president's going to announce whether uh, the U.S. staying or leaving the Iran nuclear deal. We'll talk a lot more about that at 8 o'clock with Brian Suits. And uh, yesterday, our Attorney General Jeff Sessions said... Uh, you come over the border, you're going to get nailed. Even more than you're being nailed now. That's a story that we are certainly covering. All right, now, uh, let's move over to uh, Social Security. And uh, most of us don't have a Social Security issue. We're going to. So if you plan on going to your local Social Security Administration office, uh, maybe not. The agency has closed about 125 of its 1,250 offices since uh, 2000, about 10% reduction. And the feds are saying uh, this is uh, part of a shift to greater use of online services in an era of budget constraints and growing population of senior citizens. Incidentally, all 533 Social Security Administration, quote, contact sites... Uh, that serve remote rural population either on a weekly or a monthly basis, like a circuit court judge uh, that goes around. The old circuit judges, the Abraham Lincoln days of circuit judges and lawyers would go around the counties. Well, these have closed. And uh, it's it's a much bigger story than just uh, they've closed. 
Seniors are arguing they have a very difficult time getting to these places. And it's true. And they're being discriminated against. And that's true. It is. But then the other side of the coin is, how do you slow down technology? Do you slow it down because people who are getting older aren't used to it? I like reading my Sunday paper. I wake up Sunday morning, I go downstairs earlier than everybody, grab my bagel, slop on the cream, cream cheese, schmear, big, thick amount of cream cheese, grab my cup of coffee, and sit down and read the paper. I just love the feel of the paper. And then the ink smudges on the bagel. I mean, it's all wonderful. Now, do does the LA Times keep publishing because people like me like the feel of the paper or because we grew up with the paper? At what point do you think uh, newspapers are not going to be newspapers anymore? At the same time, do you really need offices when you can do it all on the Internet? Why do you think there's so many retailers that shut down? Old people don't use the Internet for the most part because they're set in their ways. I'd much rather read a book. I like the feel of a book. But... 90% of my reading is on my Kindle because it's that's simply the way the world is going. So the question is, do you maintain a costly way of doing business or government in this case because you have older and older people and are uh, the age limit? or the ages of our population are increasing because we just live longer. You know, the baby boomers, everybody's retiring, they're boomers, who are not used to computers, who didn't grow up with computers. For their sake, do you then say we're willing to spend the money to keep what's going, going? And I'm saying I think the government has a point. Does this speed up technology? Certainly more efficient. It's certainly cheaper. If you can get people to do this, uh, let's say do applications on Social Security, ask questions, et cetera, if you can get it done on the Internet, boy, what, what time and effort and money does that save? And so here we go. We have to make a choice. Now, it's going to be easy 25 years from now because all the old people are going to die. So we don't have to worry about Social Security offices. There'll be one in a city. Because 99% of all the business will be done on the internet. How many brick and mortar stores are going to be out there? They're going to be showrooms. Distribution centers are going to be in one central place, just like Amazon. Because that's the future. For example, we talk about our national debt. We're never going to pay it off. Inflation will take care of it in the next 100 years. Pensions. California will probably implode. However, what's going to save California from the pensions or cities or counties? Well, if they can stop the hemorrhage and then just sit back and wait for people to die. Because pensioners are generally older. Unless you happen to work for the fire department where you start your pension at 33 after 10 years on the job. So that's the question. We don't, you know, everything has a benefit and a risk. 
there's downside and upside to everything. So do we make a choice saying, old people, you know what? We're not going to maintain Social Security offices simply because you won't or can't use technology. It's just too damn expensive. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of is, hey, we paid taxes our whole life. And it's for a limited time. And we're going to die at some point. The DMV, I just had to get my driver's license. They had to have me show up. Wow, what a mess that was. All right, coming up, Tactical Tuesday with Brian Suits. And, of course, the big story is the announcement today, this morning at 11, about the Iran nuclear deal. This is KFI AM 640. What have we got here? A comedian. <laughs> you little scumbag. I got your name. I got your ass. here and it is time for tactical tuesday brian suits some of the uh, stories that we're covering uh this morning trending uh, new york attorney general eric schneiderman has resigned following four women accusing him of sexual impropriety and that is starting with consensual sex then moving into non-consensual sex and uh, he's the guy that's uh, nailing harvey weinstein civilly in new york and uh bernie madoff i mean this guy has some real creds uh, he also has no job because he resigned. And, of course, oh, there was an earthquake this morning, which I didn't feel. So, frankly, I don't care. And I'm assuming there wasn't a lot of damage. Okay, Tactical Tuesdays. Brian Suits heard Saturday right here on KFI, 10 to midnight. Sunday from 8 to 10. All things criminal. Pew, pew. Yes. Executive All host. All things civil. Yes. Executive host. All things military. Because this is Tactical Tuesdays. All right. Now. Coming up at 11 o'clock our time, three hours from now, the president announces, do we stay or do we leave the Iran nuclear deal today? And you came in and, uh, of course, as usual, you have uh, some news that you're that usually breaks very early that you get hold of. Uh, the apparent play behind the scenes is Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, is good cop with Iran and Donald J. Trump. It might be playing bad cop because at 11 o'clock our time, he will announce that the United States is withdrawing from the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the uh, JCPOA, the Iran nuclear deal, signed in 2015. That's what he's going to announce. But here's sort of the asterisk here is um, what's been going on since this executive agreement was, was implemented is Congress has waived sanctions every 120 days. And they vote on it, or or the president, uh, you know, passes it on every 120 days. That next window was May 12th, so there's a four day gap between today and when the sanctions go back on Iran. There's a theory out there that this is Trump playing right up to the edge, walking off the used car lot, saying, you know what, I don't like that price. I'm almost off the lot. You need the sale, and seeing what the Iranians do. And Macron is on the phone saying he's serious. He means it. The sanctions are coming back on. He's going to walk away uh, and, and the whole thing. And just seeing if the Iranians say, if, the, if, if they give a little on the inspections, which they resist, because it's written into, it's baked into the cake, that they can resist for 24 days a so-called snap inspection, which is not a very snappy inspection. Now, we had a better deal with the Soviets. They could, you know, come to us immediately. We so, could go to them. Yeah, hang on a minute. You're saying that the snap inf- inspections 
uh, the world community, the inspectors, have to give Iran 24, uh, 24 days notice that no. there's going to be a snap No, inspection? they get to surprise the Iranians and say, we want to inspect this place, and the Iranians can delay for 24 days and say, that's too surprising. Um, well, as, I, as they, they say that as to a specific location. Yes, and they have, they've used that, uh, that, that uh, method of doing pa- it part for- of the agreement because it's in there. You know, so there's literally no surprise inspections. So, so the president is absolutely right. This is one of the worst deals that uh, that has ever been cut in terms of nuclear proliferation. Yeah, the defenders are saying, but it's better than nothing. And and he, Trump couldn't tell you anything about this agreement beyond the, even the name of it. But he's just heard it's a bad deal. Uh, the defenders say it's the best deal we could get, uh, and which is a pretty low bar. Uh, but also the main thing is he ran on this. You know, this is a wall, um, negotiate, bring coal miners back, get rid of this idiotic nuclear deal, which, which I mean, I want to break the news to everyone who doesn't know this. Uh, the Iranians, the money that was locked up for nuclear sanctions, uh, they, they got that back. They're not giving it back. They're not going to go, oh, you got it. Yeah, us. but to be fair, this was their money. Yeah, not this really. This was their no, money that was frozen. Yeah, it it was, was, it's like the IRS freezing your bank account. It's sure it's your money. But no, you no. owe it to them. But this was their, that was real money, yeah. though, they had. It oh, was yeah. assets that they had that belonged to them that just happened to be in the United States. But that the U.N. sanctioned, uh, that the U.N. froze. And a lot of the money, by the way, was already spoken for. The Iranians owe the Chinese $20 billion. You're damn right they were at the head of the line there. Um, and so, uh, what, so Trump is going to announce that we're pulling out of it. And like I say, this might be a very high-stakes negotiating ploy. Uh, like I say, the best analogy is walking off a used car lot. You know, I don't need the car. I'm walking off uh, and seeing what the Iranians do in the next four days. Because right. it doesn't deal with their support of international terrorism, and it doesn't deal with their development of ballistic missiles. Okay, so the question is, uh, if it's good bo- if it's good cop, bad cop, uh, how much of this is prearranged, or at least the European community either knows or is guessing it's probably going to happen or is Trump just a wild card and they don't know where he's going to go? I think it's choreographed. I think that this, uh, I, and, and you know, this is like revenge of the Bolton. Bolton never liked the deal. Um, uh, Trump said he was backing off of it. Uh, and, and this is a way to yeah. get the Iranians to just sign an index or an appendix. I right. mean, and, and the year, I think the Europeans are in on this because they know that if they don't play their part, and get the Iranians to now to really negotiate, unlike 2015 with John Kerry, that, that we will walk away from the deal. Yeah, by the way, just uh, to let everybody know, John Bolton is uh, new national security. Do I have that right? National security advisor? Yeah, or, or, uh, he's the guy that replaced McMaster. Right, and he is uh, a super hawk. Mustache in chief. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. And uh, I want to move over to uh, the North Korean issue because... Uh, There's news there, although certainly the Iran deal has uh, overshadowed it, at least for today. And also your chance to win $1,000. We'll be right back with Brian Suits. In the meantime, uh, let me introduce to you, for not the first time, right? (laughs) Jennifer Jones. KFI handle here. It is a Tuesday morning, a momentous day, because uh, the president today at 11 o'clock is going to announce whether the U.S. is going to stay or leave the Iran nuclear deal. And here's your chance to win some cash. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text us.
text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. The winner is notified with a phone call. If you don't answer it, they move on to somebody else. James in Fallbrook, he answered the call and won $1,000. Your next chance to win coming up next hour. All right, uh, back we go. Brian Suits, Tactical Tuesday. And uh, while we're awaiting the decision of the president, uh, whether or not the U.S. is going to stay in the Iran nuclear deal, uh, North Korea still in the news, although not as much. And I'm sure that pisses off Kim Jong-un in no small way. And uh, the assumption was, or at least uh, the administration was taking the credit for North Korea coming to the table and talking about denuclearization as a result of U.S.-led sanctions. That that's why Kim finally caved. Well, the North Korea is saying, uh, no, Rongo Bongo, uh, the United States effectively is misleading public opinion. Brian? Righto, Bido. Here, here's the thing. Uh, you probably should have given the North Koreans their own out on this. This was spiking the football. Yeah, Because you know, they're not at the table yet. You don't sit there and tell them why they're coming to the table. You already got them to agree to meet face-to-face for the first time ever, an American president you know, meeting with the, the the leader of North Korea, that was it was really dumb to, to sit there and say, "Oh, and they're doing it because I twisted his arm." They don't they don't need to hear that, and they're reminding Trump that they can walk away too. And by the way, there's a watching party. Of course, at, at 11 a.m., as you say, Trump from the Oval Office is going to announce that we're pulling out of the the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, Kim Jong Un, a few hours ago, flew to Dalian, China, which is just to the west of the Korean Peninsula. But he flew their airline, Air Koryo. And he's meeting with Xi Jinping, the leader of China, who was on the phone yesterday with Trump. So they're they're going to watch this. Are they doing it at a sports bar? Probably, I'm assuming, at a Dave & Buster's right there in Dalian, China. Um, try the wings. And so they're, they're, it's literally a watching party. And, and for the North Koreans, they want to know, hey, do the Americans, do, these, do their international agreements mean anything? And even though you and I have talked about, you know, uh, it's not a treaty unless the Senate ratifies it. As far as the rest of the world goes, it's if an American treaty. president says, yeah, because we, we, we have far more binding executive agreements than, than actual Senate treaties. So they want to know, do these Americans pull out of things uh, early, uh, a lot, or is it like just the tip? What's the deal? Yeah. And so, so they're, they're interested. And that's part of the stage management of, of what's going on with Iran is so that the North Koreans uh, are able to see, hey, look, we make deals. If there's nothing in it for us, that's not a good deal. If there is something for both of us, that's what a deal is. And I had a guy ghostwrite the art of the deal. Yeah, no kidding. It's I, Trump gets in his own way. I mean, you know, when you talk about real coups, and I, I'm going to argue that sitting down with North Korea, if not a coup, certainly is a, a good step forward uh, for Trump to take credit for all of it. He takes credit for everything good in this world, and he denies that there's any liability on, on behalf of his administration, no matter what. It, it, would he have sold a building if before the check cleared, if, if he said to the other guy, by the way, the place is a dump and you're overpaying for it? He would not have. You know, that's why it's it's dumb to do this uh, and poke the North Koreans uh, on, on, on that. But that being said, it, it's it's a huge achievement and it absolutely galls, you know, to be honest, it galls the Democratic and the Republican establishment because Obama couldn't do it. Bush couldn't do it. Clinton couldn't do it. Bush couldn't do it. Well, you know, they could have done it. All they had to do was be the first ones. 
And then, of course, uh, you'd have Kim Jong-un reluctantly coming to the table. Well, if the president is begging me, but no one would do it. Actually, I'm going to give Kim most of the credit here because he's he's the one that went forward and made it palatable. Because his father told him, don't give up anything until you actually have a nuclear weapon. Well, he has a weapon and a way to deliver it now. And so that's why when we're using the term denuclearization, that means something way different. We, we, we call nuclearizing, acquiring uh, nuclear weapons. The Koreans call nuclearizing using nuclear weapons. So when we say denuclearize, the North Koreans go, well, yeah. We don't, so, don't want to use them. All right. So when they talk about, when North Korea even talks about a nuclear-free uh, peninsula, right? No, they don't. North Korea doesn't. We in South Korea do. The, North, right. the North Koreans use that phrase as a non-nuclear war uh, Korean peninsula. So uh, that begs the question then, because that, that means nothing. They've said nothing, because uh, we agree not to bomb you into oblivion and destroy our own uh, society completely. So what exactly, are, are they going to come to terms with de- denuclearization? I mean, is or is that an impasse? Uh, I see this settling, regard, depending on how this Iran thing uh, turns out, I, I see North Korea settling with the North Koreans and South Koreans and the United States agreeing to a number of weapons that North Korea will admit to and get to keep. And in return for a peace treaty on the peninsula between the U.S., South Korea, and North Korea, ending the, the war, uh, and and then uh, and then a pledge to never use the weapons first. Right. And then they enter into the community of nuclear nations. It's the deal between Pakistan and India is I won't use mine, you don't use yours, but if you do, you're going to get it back from me. And you know, and that worked between us and the Soviet Union for 47 years. Yeah, and- when, I think, uh, when was that first... Uh, treaty signed. I know the test ban treaty was signed in 1960, and that's uh, atmospheric test. Yeah, the early ones were anti-ballistic missile systems, and then the SALT treaty in the 70s, and SALT II, then START, and then INF, Intermediate Nuclear Forces. They've all worked. Uh, the, the Russians are currently in violation of one of them, uh, but we kind of are too. But but so the North Koreans are able to see, where yeah. we, we can say to them, don't look at the Iran thing. That was a, a, a sort of a bastard of a deal. Look at the agreements that we had with the Soviet Union that we kept right. so and keep to this day. The bottom line is what Kim is asking for is simply to be accepted in the world of nations that have nuclear weapons and just invite us in because it's a fact. And you, Americans, Europeans, don't understand what's in front of your face. Yeah, and, and I, I start 500,000 people to just give up my nukes now. Are you kidding me? That's, that, that, that's what those guys in uniform behind him are telling him, you know, we sacrificed for four generations to get these things. Now you want to just give them away. All right. Uh, then it's Brian Suits. Uh, Saturdays here on KFI, 10 to midnight. Sundays, 8 to 10. And uh, Thursday and- night, we moved it. Tri- dark, first ever Dark Secret Place trivia night is at the Arcadia. Dave and Buster's this Thursday night. Go to the Facebook page, Dark Secret Place. Two tickets for 25 bucks. $100 prize, military trivia, including firearms. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, he's just taking all the surplus off the NRA. It'll be funny. Um, It'll be funny and fast-moving, and bring your uh, your gigantic noodle. Okay, you got it. Coming up, Handle on the News, late edition. And with some other news, there is... Handle on the News, late edition. Handle on the News! Yellow is Donald Trump, who this? <laughs> Bill Handel. God, I miss you so much. Oh, hey, what's up, amigo? How are you holding up in prison? I'm not in prison. Oh, well, give it a couple of weeks. And now, here's Bill Handel. Oh, yeah. 
Handle the morning crew. It is a, a Tuesday, May 8th, momentous day, 11 o'clock. President uh, going to announce whether he stays or leaves the Iran nuclear deal. He's going to leave. Brian Suit said uh, Europe is already, uh, the scoop is coming out. That they're already anticipating it and the leaks are happening. So we'll know about that. Lots going on today. New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman out, resigned. Four women have alleged uh, sexual impropriety. All right, before we get to handle on the news, late edition, an announcement of much import from Wayne. Donate now to help the American Red Cross Initiative to get prepared California. You and a guest will get to mix and mingle with all the people here at KFI at an exclusive evening event at the OUE Sky Space. It's on top of that U.S. bank tower, 1,000 feet above the city. There's cocktails. There's appetizers. You get to meet everybody from the station, photo opportunities, a live Q&A with the hosts. You got to be 21 years or older to attend. There's limited tickets. So for more details, go to KFIAM640.com, keyword mixer. Yeah, my apologies to you, Wayne. We should have started with that before the Iran nuclear deal because it's far more important. All right, let's do it. Handle on the news, late edition, lead story. I said shake, rattle and roll. Magnitude 4.5 earthquake rattling the L.A. area, of which I didn't feel. And at what point, uh, Jennifer, does it not become news? When is it just, eh? Uh, anything over like a 3.5? Really? Yeah, a, a, a truck rumbling past you on the street is better than a uh, 4.5. What made us all stop? It happened right before wake up call. Right. Yeah, about just, 10 I'm minutes just, to five. Yeah, since I didn't feel it, I can make care. fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have great news to report from KFI listeners this morning who have been tweeting me right after the, the earthquake happened. Morongo Casino is okay and the Cabazon outlets are okay. Ah. It's oh, really and it was right under and it was right under the Cabazon outlets. Yes. So it just just want you to know. Everything's okay. Well, um, going off of what you were talking on the Iran nuclear deal. The president has warned John Kerry, dude, you're hurting the U.S. with this Iran nuclear deal effort. And that's because he is personally getting involved with Iranians, which is against the law. And that's what the president keeps pointing out. He cannot do that. That goes back to the days of Bill Clinton. And remember the Serbian war when a Air National Guard pilot was shot down and was captured, uh, I think, by uh, the Serbians or Croatians. And, uh, and it was Jesse Jackson that went over there to negotiate oh, it. Oh, that's right. And Bill Clinton went berserk, and rightly so. And uh, the Serbians, to embarrass Bill Clinton, in fact, said it was Jesse Jackson who did it. Jesse Jackson, Jackson should have gone to jail for that. You cannot have private citizens representing the United States or negotiating on behalf of the United States. You can't do it. Unless the government allows you to do it. John Kerry says, look, I'm the former secretary of state. I still, you know, rub elbows with my former secretaries of state, I guess, around the world. Okay, and he's arguing that this is simply. They're just chatting it up. They're just chatting. They're having, you know what they're doing? They're just having a conversation over pizza and hummus. And that's all we're doing. With ketchup. Right. Bologna. (laughs) Who are we kidding? And if it's only that, what's the point? Because if it's only that, nothing constructive could come out of it. So he's talking out of both sides Mm -hmm. of his mouth, that John Kerry. Mm -hmm. Schneiderman out. Underwood in. 
With the announcement that uh, New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman is stepping down, Solicitor General of New York Barbara Underwood will uh, be the acting AG for the time being. She is very qualified, by the way. Yeah. Now, we're not talking about President Underwood as... I know, that's a bad name to have in politics now. Yes. Uh, 20 cases before the Supreme Court. She clerked for Thurgood Marshall. Oh, yeah. She's got insane so she might, I mean, credentials. She would, I hope she's also on the fast track to get the job Oh, she is. Uh, she has such creds. State Solicitor General since 27. Uh, worked as a chief assistant to the U.S. Attorney in Brooklyn. Yeah. Worked at Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn DA's office. I mean, 20 cases in front of the Supreme Court. This is a qualified, qualified woman. Guys, real quickly, how m- how many or what charges do you think Schneiderman could be facing on these these women accusing him of physical abuse, but he apparently threatened to kill them if they broke up with him? He was, you know, it sounds like there were racial innuendos or oh, I think they're going to go. I think it's going to go right into rape uh, as the most serious one because once a woman says stop, I'm done. If he hit her and if, then oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he's looking at some serious time. Investigation has already started. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's going down. He doesn't even deny it. He says it was consensual. Yep. First of all, which it was. And he says when there it's, was role which, playing. Which it was, because the women are not refuting that it was consensual when it started. And he says there was role playing. Yep. And well, he... there's role playing and then there's role playing. Okay. Uh, there's uh yeah. you both have to both of you have to be in the role playing. And then uh all he said in his defense, uh, in addition to that, is it didn't get in the way of the job that I was doing. Okay. That, and that's maybe true, but so what? If I beat you up with a baseball bat, uh, that doesn't mean that uh, it, get, it gets in the way of me doing my job. That's a bad analogy because it's uh, yeah, I'm not going to beat you up with a baseball bat. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So there are these two registered sex offenders who are suing L.A. County because they want to become poll workers. You got to fight. And they're going to win. Because there's, so? yep, nothing exempts sex offenders from being poll workers under the law, and you can't just then arbitrarily discriminate based on the fact you want to discriminate because you don't like the idea, and that's what this is about. So and- they're going to win this one for sure, unless the laws change. In the meantime, let's go ahead and take a break, come back, and do plenty more. And uh, the morning crew, we're waiting until uh, 11 o'clock where the president is going to announce his decision to stay or leave the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, we're leaving. He's bailing out. But it could be, as Ryan Seuss said this morning, it could be just part of negotiation because it really doesn't kick in until the 12th of May. All right. Back we go. We finish Handle on the News Late Edition with Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Retired Los Angeles police officer charged with fraud, 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 fraud. Money for nothing in your chest. Uh, they're alleging that he faked a disability, therefore defrauding insurers, and he was a participant in the now notorious Deferred Retirement Option Plan, that drop program that uh, has seen its share of abuse by some police officers and firefighters. So uh, if I get this right, he was part of the drop program receiving money because he was, quote, disabled. He had a bad back. Right. And at the same time, he was collecting uh, disability. I think a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. So that's like triple dipping. Yeah. Can't do that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And he's going to have a very good time in jail because cops do very well in jail, don't they? Not usually. Hey, remember George Zimmerman? Oh, yeah. 
Well, he's been charged with stalking a private investigator. This is my investigation. He was acquitted in the killing of Trayvon Martin, of course, which has uh, become a poster child in uh, police abuse, or at least in uh, killing of unarmed black uh, young men, even though he wasn't a cop, a wannabe cop. Now, this private investigator that Zimmerman was charged with stalking had been hired to find people who could be interested in taking part in this documentary about the Trayvon Martin case and were harassed and threatened over email and voicemail. Zimmerman would say, like, hey, you're well on your way to the inside of a gator, like he was going to feed him to an alligator, something like that. Or I'll, I'll see you before you realize it. And quite, uh, quite a piece of work, isn't he? But we knew that from minute one. Hothead's always a hothead. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hotheads, Bill O'Reilly is back in the news a little bit because of his, what he thinks is chivalry. I'm gonna stand Apparently, uh, he went to a party for the new German ambassador, Richard Grinnell, and Sarah Sanders was there. And this is according to O'Reilly, so it's not somebody saying he said it, it's him saying that he said it. He said, uh, hey, if you ever need me to stand next to you during those press briefings, I'll do that. Wow. And if somebody gets out of line, I'll tell them <laughs> right. what I think of their behavior. You know, and uh, Woo! Uh, that say, is patronizing, right, is it to, not? To the administration's credit, they said, uh, we don't think so. Can you imagine uh, Sarah Stan- Sanders saying, hey, if anybody knows Donald Trump, it's Mr. O'Reilly. Wink, wink. <laughs> but can you imagine, too, the look on her face when he said that? I can't. <laughs> She go on that awkward, like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm sure she said, I'm fine. Or maybe she said, you know what? I'm going to be best. All right. Talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Let's do this story, uh, Jen, because I want to make a comment on this. That's why I said that she's probably told him, hey, you know what? I'm just going to be best. Because this is First Lady Melania Trump's platform. Yeah, it's sort of innocuous. It's I love kids, uh, don't cyber bully, everybody do their best. It's sort of, it's very uh, ephemeral First Lady stuff. It's nothing offensive as opposed to proactive. Uh, The big issue, of course, is cyber bullying. Uh, And and the reporters and the response has been crazy. Hey, wait a minute, you're against cyber bullying? What do you think your husband does? And you know how the administration and Sarah Huckabee Sanders are? They, they, she won't answer that question. It's this is not about the president. This is about Melania. But how can she say it? it's about her position? It's about her position. They're sidestepping that completely, as opposed to saying. I think at one point it came out saying, "Hey, what he does has nothing to do with what she's doing. This is important to her." I would feel much better if that just admitted tacitly, and simply say they're two different people. What's important to her is not necessarily important to him. Although, also, she's focusing on on children. Yeah. And I don't think the president's on record as cyberbullying any children. Yet. No, that was a cheap shot. Uh, speaking of youngsters, California has passed out of assembly by, unanimously a bill that would limit how much opioid medication minors can get. Now the trucks don't Specifically, doctors could not prescribe more than five days yep. worth of opioid drugs to minors, and the California Medical Association is against it. Yeah, no kidding. They say saying, we need more discretion. Not only that, yeah, what are you doing? Doctors are doctors. You're making medical decisions for us. The Assembly voted 53 to 0 to move uh, this forward. And there are some exemptions, hospice care, medical emergencies, right. and some other things. We'll see how we'll see how uh, hard the doctors want to fight. 
Well, Walmart this is going to tighten. Walk. Sorry about that. Walmart's going to tighten its opioid prescription policies. Walmart. So it's saying in about 60 days, it's only going to fill first-time acute opioid prescriptions for seven days or less. And it's going to limit the dosage to 50 morphine milligrams equivalents. And uh, these, I guess, new restrictions follow the recommendations from the Centers for Disease mm-hmm. Control. And this is something they can do. I mean, you're talking about a private pharmacy, and they can say, no, thank you. Uh, go someplace else. Because it's not an issue, for example, birth control, which is a fundamental right. You do not have a fundamental right to OxyContin. I mean, it's just that simple. So uh, legally, they can certainly do this and, uh, you know, go someplace else. There'll be plenty of uh, pharmacies out there that will be more than happy to sell you whatever number of, quote, legitimate prescriptions you have. Okay, uh, coming up, billion-dollar cuts. What's more important, uh, the military or kids? I know that's kind of simplistic, but then, hey, I'm known as Mr. Simplistic. That's the whole point of this show, isn't it? KFI AM 640. KFI Handle here, and a good morning on a Tuesday, May 8th. We're waiting the president uh, in a couple of hours to announce that. We're probably going to pull out of the Iran deal. Uh, New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman has resigned amid uh, four allegations of sexual impropriety. And there was an earthquake this morning. 4.5 right out of Cabazon. uh, And people felt it all, I guess, all the way to Guam or New York or wherever the hell you feel earthquakes, how far you go. That's part of it, Jennifer, right? You felt it as far away as? Santa Clarita. All right. To Tijuana. That's close. That's pretty widespread. That is. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's widespread. All right, now. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the administration and Republicans and Democrats, which is always fun to talk about because you think that's in the news a little bit. And now it's a question of philosophy. And I've always said this, uh, that the difference between Republicans and Democrats administration is how one looks at life. And I know that's simplistic to talk about, but I want to go into uh, some deeply held beliefs. And this has to do with Trump uh, calling on Congress to pull back $15 billion in spending, including uh, children's health insurance program, CHIPS. Big program that uh, pays for kids' insurance who can't afford it otherwise. It's part of the federal government. It's part of the budget. Now, what's going on during the omnibus bill, the $1.3 trillion bill that uh, Trump signed and he hated it? It was a compromise bill. And one of the things it cost him was the wall. The other thing it cost him was the deficit. It blew up, even though that wasn't talked about very much. And it was more important to get the tax bill through because he got that. Didn't get the wall. Uh, Everybody compromised with everybody. And uh, it all blew up, the deficit. And so he is now talking to his deficit hawks. And saying, I signed a horrible bill, and we've got to cut. Cut, cut, cut. Why? Because revenues have dropped dramatically because of the tax bill. And expend. And the only way you can uh, deal with less money coming in is to spend less money. The question is, where do you spend the less money? 
And this is where the Trump administration and the deficit talks and Republicans have a huge philosophical difference. And that is, it's real simple. And that is, it is more important for Republicans to maintain our national defense than it is to give an entitlement program. For example, uh, in this case, it's the CHIPS program, right? Children's Health Insurance Program. And it's not one of those where Republicans hate kids, and they don't. I mean, they have kids. Uh, It's really a question of priorities on a national scale. Should the government defend us in terms of the wall, in terms of border protection, uh, certainly in terms of military, is that the primary uh, is that the primary goal and mission of government? And what happens when you have chips, uh, it's an entitlement program. And Republicans don't like entitlement programs, unless it's Social Security and Medicare, because that can't be touched. Anybody touches that, they're unelected next cycle. They're done. So they even if they hate it, they have to give lip service, of course, to uh, Social Security and, uh, and to uh, Medicare. So it's simply a question of priorities. And Democrats and liberals will say it is more important to give kids insurance than it is to pay money for the military. Because I think everybody realizes you can't do both. You really can't put 10 pounds in a 5-pound bag. You can't put 25 pounds in a 5-pound bag. So how do you look at life? Well, how do you think they're looking at life? And uh, that is that it is more important to defend this country. That's the mandate of the government. The mandate of the government is to protect us from outsiders. Enemies, domestic, foreign and domestic. Military does that. The FBI does that, although he hates the FBI. Paying for children's health insurance has nothing to do with the Constitution of the United States. Matter of fact, the argument is government shouldn't be involved at all. That is a private issue. We are a free enterprise country. We are a market economy. It's that simple. And the only thing where we are not a market economy, where we have to spend money on, we have no choice, is defending the United States and then arguing infrastructure too. And I'm going to argue roads, uh, that sort of thing. You know, paying for uh, Department of Justice, enforcing laws. That's the duty of government. So... Which way do you see it going? Well, it's this administration. It's much like uh, the argument we were making uh, this morning uh, about Jeff Sessions at the border yesterday, arguing that uh, it is more important to defend this country against illegal immigration than it is to help out illegal immigrants, which is very different than, for example, the state of California believes. It is more important to help illegal aliens who are in this state than it is to stop illegal aliens from coming into the state. It's just who's in charge. And keep in mind, we elected President Trump. You can scream all you want. This is the man who was elected President of the United States by probably the biggest mandate in the history of the United States. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the last time I heard from him, he won with 98% of the vote. And he won every electoral vote by a long shot, Right? All you have to do is look and ask. Okay, talking about the president, and we're still waiting for 11 o'clock, which is going to be a very big deal. 
The question is, can the president's fire officials, can the president fire officials and choose replacement? And this is a big deal when it comes to the VA. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a little wonky, but I want to explain how far a president can go. And you would think it's his employee. Someone works for me. Why can't I fire that person? And more importantly, why can't I put someone in that I want to replace that person? You'd be surprised. And when we come back, your chance to win a thousand. KFI handle here on a Tuesday. Here's your chance to win some cash. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. They call the winner and you have to answer or you can't win. Karen in La Habra answered and won $1,000. Your next chance to win next hour. All right. I want to spend a minute. I'll just switch gears a little bit uh, because this got my fancy. And uh, that is the ongoing... um, problem with the methods of execution whenever there's an execution story i always go for it and there's been a mess with executions going on lethal injection there's been problems with uh the uh accommodation of the drugs that are used that cocktail certainly inserting the drugs finding the veins uh, because you've got a bunch of people that may have spent half a lifetime with uh, drug abuse and uh, their veins are impossible to deal with you've got botched executions uh, there are, I mean, the history of executions are wonderful. I love looking at executions because they're so damn entertaining. One of the best ones, remember at the turn of the last century, maybe the eight, late 1800s, it was uh, electric chair. Old Sparky. Uh, sometimes it took a very long time. People ignited. Uh, they, they got on fire, that sort of thing. Hugely entertaining. Uh, and then California, then there was hanging and shooting. Shooting, probably one of the best. Hanging, sometimes that's botched. So the argument is that uh, nitrogen gas be used. Now, we used to have the gas chamber, also highly entertaining, uh, in San Quentin before they have the lethal injection chamber, which used to be the old gas chamber. There would be two. They could do two furs there, by the way, right next to each other. Aluminum chairs with holes in them. And the gas chamber was obviously airtight. And uh, it was very, very highly sophisticated. There was a bucket of acid under the chair and then a little bag of um, cyanide tablets. And then there was, uh, I think, a rope and a latch. And then the rope would go out and uh, the warden just uh, did, undid the latch and the, uh, the little bag would drop into the bucket. And then the cyanide gas would come out. Very, very high tech. And uh, could it have been botched? Yeah, a lot of pain. As a matter of fact, what the guards would tell uh, the inmate, the person about to be executed, the executee, hold your breath as long as you can and then suck in with the deepest breath you can. That's the advice. So while they're trying to figure it all out, there's a move for nitrogen gas. Now, one of the things about nitrogen gas is it takes up oxygen. Carbon monoxide, that sort of thing, takes up oxygen. But usually, in virtually all gases, the problem is that uh, the person who is, at that point, suffocating, because that's what it's about, with a buildup of carbon dioxide, they're suffering in terms of you can't breathe. 
and you, you're, you're struggling for breath. With nitrogen, it doesn't do that. You don't have that same gagging, uh, scrambling for breath response. Oklahoma's attorney general said using nitrogen is the safest, the best, the most effective method out there. Uh, now, Nebraska and Nevada hope to start using the opioid fentanyl as a, as a sedative. I'll tell you, one of the things you can do is just have them ingest tons of pain pills. Right? Because then you're not dealing with an injection. Then you're not dealing with suffocation for the most part. The only problem is if someone is overdosing on drugs and it is painless, just go to sleep, it can take eight, 10 hours when people overdose. So what do you do? You have the witnesses. Hey, we'll see you back at 4.30 this afternoon. Go have breakfast. We have a catered lunch for you. There's some TV. Enjoy yourself. We'll see you back. So uh, all of it has difficulty, but it looks like nitrogen may may be the answer for those because everything else seems to be botched. Even drugs that are being used by, um, by states, I mean, pharmaceutical drugs, the pharmaceutical company is saying no. Not selling them to you. And, this, and, and you can't have the warden go out on the street corner and buy a drug illegally. So they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Nitrogen. Hmm. I like that. Opioids, nitrogen. You know, it's a pretty painless way to go from what I understand. Oh, the gas chamber had been around from the 1920s. Just to let you know. And I think uh, the electric chair has been around uh, since the late 1800s. And shooting, of course, has been around forever. And hanging has been around forever. Hey, always always looking for a better way of doing things, aren't we? All right, coming up, the decline of fatal police shootings. I'll cover that with you when we come back. KFI. And uh, good morning. It is uh, Tuesday, May 8th. Uh, Big stories that we're covering with the biggest one is at 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, The president is going to announce his decision to either stay or leave the Iran nuclear deal. And uh, the consensus is uh, leave the deal. Although still leaving some wiggle room till May 12th. And as Brian Suit said this morning, uh, there's all kinds of machinations going on uh, with Europe, the United States, and Iran. And it may not be as simple as we're leaving the deal. Uh, New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman has resigned amid allegations by four women of sexual impropriety. And this is the anti-Harvey Weinstein guy, the one who's bringing a lawsuit from the uh, state of New York. Aha! Against Harvey. Tough place to be. He resigned immediately. Okay, now, uh, some new data has come out about uh, police shootings, particularly of unarmed people, particularly of unarmed young black men or any age, black men. And uh, this was data covered for years and finally released by the Washington Post. And a couple of surprising things uh, that I wanted to point out. And uh, one of them is a premise that I made uh, that, in fact, did not come to fruition, which changed my view completely, or at least changed the way I interpreted this. So, uh... Generally declining since 2015, 
uh, even though uh, for the fourth year, the pace is going to hit 1,000 uh, across the United States. Now, some good news. Fatal shootings of unarmed black men uh, have gone down. They've fallen. And uh, this seems to indicate that the evidence of racial bias by police who shoot and kill unarmed blacks has also declined. It's not disappeared, but it has declined. Now, here's one of the the problems with these stats, is that we have a a country of, what, 320 million people? All right? In 2015, uh, the police shot and killed 94 unarmed individuals. Okay. Number fell to 51 unarmed individuals in 2016. 2017, it rose to 68. You know, uh, researchers have warned, you can't, you know, you can't take this data because the numbers are so small when you talk about relative to the population that it's really hard uh, to look at them. Uh, But uh, you can see, at least anecdotally, and again, that's not science, and I always look at anecdotal, eh, you know, it gives, but it gives us some idea. Uh, the Post has been tracking deadly police shootings in 2015 after the Michael Brown shooting in Ferguson. And, of course, uh, that, uh, the unarmed black man, Michael Brown, sparked nationwide protests. And uh, here is what the Post found. Police and shot, shot and killed 3,300 people since 2015, uh, which is more than twice as many fatal shootings per year as the average reported by the FBI. Uh, the ma- vast majority of shootings were, of course, uh, legitimate. We're not talking about unarmed people uh, because that's pretty rare when that happens. And when it does, there's now body cams and it blows up. And in recent years, the fatal shootings of black men have drawn the most scrutiny and generated the greatest outrage, especially when the uh, men were unarmed. And then especially when video is there. Well, uh, here is a couple of anecdotal issues that I want to share with you. That's no surprise. The Post began tracking fatal police shootings. Uh, Since that, blacks have shot and killed at rates higher than their percentage of the overall U.S. population. So uh, they've been shot and killed at a greater level. The argument is that more blacks are being killed than are as as a per capita basis than any other uh, minority in the United States, which is true. And, I mean, it's pretty it, – there's a lot there. It's not just small figures, too. So here's what I said, and that number, in fact, is declining. Okay? So that's because the police are more apt to, let's say, hesitate before shooting. Therefore, I argued that more police officers would be killed in general by anybody because the hesitation to pull out that gun – and shoot and kill someone, unarmed or not, because the police in that one instance, they don't know. You know, even if you're unarmed, you reach into your waistband. Come on, really? Well, the cops should have known. Or if someone has a mental illness, well, the cops should have known that he's mentally ill. The cops should have known that it was a toy gun. The cops should have known. Well, in reality is, let's not get crazy, okay? Of course, the cops don't know, especially in that moment. God, I wish everybody could, everybody could take that simulator that I did at uh, L.A. Sheriff's where you actually are given the opportunity to be in those scenarios. You would instantly 
change your mind or have a new understanding of what the police have to do in those instances. So I had argued in my head that since the cops are going to be more reluctant to shoot, the number of police deaths would go up. Right? Does that make sense? They haven't. Number of police deaths have gone down. And I'm going, okay, now that gets to be a real interesting statistic because it's counterintuitive. You look at one, okay, cops are more reluctant to shoot. Two, therefore more cops are in trouble. Rongo bongo. I said that twice this morning, by the way, rongo bongo. I want you to calendar that because I don't often say rongo bongo, although maybe I'm saying it more than, than, than I used to say. I think Suits replied like right o bido or something. I think like he that. did. He did. So uh, they're going to have to look at a lot more years of data, a lot more detailed and comprehensive information about each shooting, and study the police force, the training, uh, the de-escalation policy, uh, obviously the population of African Americans or Latinos in a community socioeconomic status of police. Police are going to be far more likely to shoot in certain areas in the inner city than they are in Beverly Hills, for example, or the West San Fernando Valley or in Irvine. Okay, interesting stat. Fewer cops being killed and fewer black, unarmed uh, black men being killed or unarmed anybody being killed. All right, so, uh, okay, here's something near and dear to my heart. Service animals. God forbid, you know, you, you know, when they bring those ferrets, you know, aboard the airplanes and the ferret sits on your head and craps on it. Oh, no, it's a service animal. KFI AM 640. Okay, Jennifer Jones. A little unsteady. A little unsteady. KFI handle here. Oh, uh, after uh, top of the show, incidentally, I'm uh, doing uh, legal advice, marginal legal advice. So you can call at 800-5201-KFI starting right after 10 o'clock. Okay, now they'll be off the air for future broadcast. Okay, now the question is, is that dog or pig uh, or spider or whatever on your flight really a service animal? And that is the problem because... Here's what's going on. There are real service animals out there. Dogs for the blind, dogs for the hearing impaired, uh, dogs for kids that are truly emotional, have a huge emotional problems, people. But those are trained dogs. My daughter's involved in a charity that uh, does exactly that, and it costs $28,000 to train every dog. It's 600 hours of training. In the meantime, uh she now, assuming that there is a young lady who needs that, needs that help and has gotten a trained dog or a young man, uh, they try to get her on an airplane, and they are actually not allowed on. Why? Because the idiot with uh, that rhesus monkey, who is an emotional support animal, has gone on. So how is that possible? Well, there is a contradiction going on between the Air Carrier Access Act... And the federal government under the CD, I think it's the CDC, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or if not, it's the Department of Transportation. That's it. 
And the Department of Transportation has rules that are different than the Air Carrier Access Act. Department of Transportation says you need a trained dog. Man, it's that simple. It has to be a real service dog. Uh, the Air Carrier Service Act says you can decide that you uh, need an emotional support animal. And what a bill is now pending is say, okay, we're going to bring it to the national uh, level. We are definitely going to bring it to the more strict level where it has to be a trained, trained animal. Right now, are you ready for this? Right now, did you know, well, certainly dogs are deemed to be service animals that are trained. Did you know miniature horses are too? What the hell is that about? You're going to bring a miniature horse on a flight? Give me a break, huh? So they're trying to tighten up the rules, and it's, and it's become a huge problem. I mean, it's become an overwhelming problem because you have dogs that aren't trained. And they're put aboard airplanes, and it can get really hectic, and people shuffling back and forth, and turbulence on the airplane. And if they're not trained, what do you think? They're not going to freak out? They're not going to start nipping. Of course they are, and they do. Now, trained dogs don't because they are truly trained. And unfortunately, in the law today, there doesn't seem to be much of a difference that you're allowed, for some reason, just to call an emotional sport dog. Now, there are airlines that are asking for more proof. They're not letting you just come aboard with, uh, a dog and wearing one of those little vests that cost you fourteen ninety five on the internet. So what they're doing is asking for paperwork. But if you go on the website or various websites, go on the internets and start doing some research, you can get a doctor's prescription and certificates that make it look like your dog was trained. It's just fraud. And so many people are doing it that it becomes very problematic. I mean, is there an answer to this? Yeah, yeah, I think there is an answer. And that is, uh, if you're caught with a fraudulent document, you go to jail. It's that simple. You know, I can manufacture uh, a medical license, for example. I can. And I can come up with it and probably get it on the internet, probably do a uh, Photoshop, and there's my name, William Handel, MD. Here's the problem. If I try using it, guess what happens to me? Same thing with a law license. You can't do that. No big deal right now going on an airplane. Maybe they'll kick you off, but make it hugely punitive if you do that. Because can you imagine, since there's only a limited number of animals that are allowed on an airplane that are service dogs, can you imagine people that are legitimately, that legitimately need a service dog to get on an airplane? Blind people, for example. Kind of hard to argue with someone who's blind bringing a service animal on the on the airplane. But if there are enough uh, pigs or there are enough cockatoos that are service animals, uh, then they or emotional support animals, then they get tossed. Figure that one out, would you? That one really drives me nuts. Official looking paperwork to make pets look legitimate. Wow. Owners answer questions about their need. A doctor issues an assessment, never evaluating the client ever. Used to be like uh, the marijuana dispensaries, right? Right next, until it became recreationally okay, right next to virtually every marijuana dispensary was a medical office that you could walk in and get a prescription. Walk in. I heard. 
Where do you hurt? My, my shoulder hurts. Okay, here's a prescription. That's basically what's happened. So they've got to tighten that one up for sure. All right. Before we bail out of here, 11 o'clock, it's going to be the president announcing that we are going to get out of the uh, Iran nuclear deal, at least to some extent. And I'm taking questions for a handle on the law off the air for future broadcasts. I haven't done this in a while. So feel free to call me at 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. I'll do it for an hour starting in just a moment or two at 10 o'clock. All right, coming up, uh, Gary and Shannon, and then tomorrow we do this all over again. Handel and the Morning Crew, KFI AM 640.